Hey, Juice, the only thing better than looking clean is looking clean on your own time. No doubt about it, Big Seth. And that's why I always call my man Ara at A&T Dry Cleaners anytime I need my clothes laundered or dry cleaned. Tell him exactly why you call Ara. Because A&T offers free pickup and delivery at your home or office, so you never have the inconvenience of trying to find time to take your dry cleaning somewhere. They bring it to you. That's exactly right, Juice. You can walk into their Fort Lauderdale location, but A&T serves Miami-Dade, Broward, and the Southern Palm Beaches with their convenient pickup and delivery services, which also include alterations, shoe repair, and more. And A&T is family-owned company, and they've been in business since 1980. 1980. Yeah, and you know what? That means customer service is their priority. So call Ara today at 954-610-9383. That's his personal cell we're giving you. Or you can visit drycleanertoyou.com to start making your life and your dry cleaning a lot easier. And make sure you tell them that the fish tank sent you, because Ara, my man, is giving our listeners 50% off your first order. How much? 50. Half, Seth. Half and 25% off any dry cleaning services after that. ANT Dry Cleaning, the official dry cleaners of the fish tank. So as many of you know, when OJ and I aren't in the tank, we spend the majority of our time finding ways to empower and uplift young people in the South Florida community. And over the next few weeks, we have two amazing events where you can join the cause. First, on Saturday, March 2nd, Jason Taylor will be hosting his 8th annual Baker Construction Texas Hold'em Tournament presented by Milam's Markets. This charity poker event will take place at Smoke on the Water, Weston's premier cigar lounge. Limited seats are still available to play, or for a $25 donation at the door you can come out to enjoy the festivities a couple of drinks and support the jason taylor foundation's mission to build a better future for children in need doors open at 5 30 p.m and cards are in the air at 6 30 for more information call 954-424-0799 ask for dj preach or visit jasontaylorfoundation.org one week later on saturday march 10th oj will be hosting his strikes for kids bowling event at spares lanes in davie from 12 to 4 p.m join OJ and an amazing list of celebrities including Jason Taylor, Aronde Gadsden, Channing Crowder, Olivier Vernon, and many, many more. A team of four bowlers is just a $500 donation to OJ's Catch 81 Foundation. For sponsorship inquiries, email Teresa at catch81foundation.org You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Seth Levitt with none other than O.J. McDuffie Juice. What's happening, man? What's up, Big Seth? Just another great day in the tank. Uh, we had Pat Sertan. We're keeping it moving with the 23s. That's We're going right. to be on a run. I might run out and make sure the 23s in the lotto. It's up to a couple hundred million now. It is. Uh, both of them are. Powerball as well as make. Yeah, so I'm going to have 23 in both of mine because we went from Pat to right now, really a guy who should take claim to 23. Before Pat, Troy Stratford dives into the tank. Troy, welcome, man. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Glad to have. I'm glad that you're having me. So oh, let's no, have some fun with it. No doubt, T. Strad, man. We were looking forward to this, man. As uh, yeah, I try to bug my guys as seldom as possible. Yeah, but I had to. I had to get T. Strad, and cool. we had him. He he's been waiting to get on for a couple of weeks have. now. So I now have. We got him. It's we a waiting list. It's right. like Publix at the deli counter, right. man. You got to pull that number. <laughs> I said the phone will ring one day. <laughs> <laughs> they, they forget about the phone no, ring. bro. 
We couldn't forget about Trey Stratton. No, life gets in the way sometimes. Now we got T. Stratton in here, man. I'm, I'm excited because I've done a lot of work with T. Stratton, you know, in the last few years, man, on radio, Finsiders, you know, and this dude right here, man, is one of my guys, man. So was, I'm happy to have him in the tank with us, Big Seth. Well, I'm excited because these are stories I don't know. You know, we've had a lot of guys. Pat, I, I, I worked with Pat. I was there for Pat's career and, and, and was, a, I don't want to say a part of those things, but I was witness to a lot of those things. But I know Troy is a fan. You know, I know Troy. I was talking to him when he walked in the tank and my, my buddy and I, we used to talk about he had that almost like he was coming down a, a ski slope, you know, with those cuts, the way yeah. he would double cut with both feet and the whole yeah. thing. And, and we were talking about that. So I know Troy is a fan. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of these great oh, stories. No doubt about it. Man. Yeah, man. So we might as well just jump right into it. And, uh, you know, you came to the Dolphins here in 1987. Yeah. Fourth round pick and and had an unbelievable rookie season, which we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, I just want to talk about the rest of that draft class for a second, Juice, because my draft class, your draft class for the Dolphins. <laughs> See if I remember it. Well, yeah, it's not you're, you're, particularly you're memorable. On draft day, you you know. will once you hear these names. Yeah, you will and you won't. I think you know when you start looking at it because again, Troy, a hell of a fine fourth fourth round pick. Not that that's like crazy deep, but that's not your first round pick. All right, so the first round pick, John Bosa, who's a teammate of yours in teammate college, teammate of mine in right? Boston College. Boston yes. College. I don't want to. I don't want to pour it on John, but he didn't have the career I think we had all hoped he True. would have. Is True. that fair? Definitely fair to say. <laughs> uh, he will chalk it up to injuries yeah. right? because he blew his knee out, I believe, his rookie year. I think he blew he both of them out in three yeah. years. Yeah. Right. That's part of it. Yeah, but I remember we got to Boston College the same year, and he didn't play his freshman year, and he exploded, I believe, like his junior year. Like, he came onto the scene, and, and we were friends all throughout college, and I think uh, our last year together at BC, we lived like one floor, I lived one floor above him, and so we were always in each other's mix. Matter of fact, he took me up one, I think I was the only black guy in New Hampshire. He's from New Hampshire. <laughs> the only black guy in New Hampshire. I think I was. I believe that. I believe that. Honestly, I think I was. But his family, like his mom and his dad, may his dad rest in peace, they kind of loved me when they came up to the games and always showed respect to them. And they invited me up, or he invited me up to the Elks Elks Lodge. So I went up there and spoke at a luncheon. Moza was like, hey, Troy, you want to come up? My dad wants you to come up and speak at the lodge. I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go do it. So John and I, we go back way back. Did yeah. you see that movie Get Out? No. Yeah, okay. That's kind of <laughs> what, that, yeah. that what it's like. Yeah, that'll be up there. <laughs> don't, don't be the only black. I don't know if it's New Hampshire. But it's like the only black guys up there. They didn't come back too well. Oh, I man. was the only one up there. Well, he yeah. did okay. But John, unfortunately, didn't have the career. Now, he's produced some badass kids now. Boy, he's got some good seeds. Got great seeds. Yeah, he sure you does. You know, it, it was a period there during the summertime where my son would hang out with his kids and we would hang out at his house or whatever. And you could tell back then. Yeah. You know, all my son was talented as well. He just didn't have the passion for it. But you could tell his kids were, like, on the right track. And Joey, the oldest one, you were sitting there saying, when is the light going to go off? And then one day, one year, right. the light just turned mm -hmm. on for him. And he just exploded onto the scene, and both of them are like strong as ox. And but you always knew back then the younger one, Nick, that he was going to be a monster. Really? So yeah. when he once he gets into the league, he's going to tear up some stuff as well. Well, he's he's going to get picked early. It looks like very early. That's first, second, sure. like third. Both of them, right? <laughs> just yeah. like crazy, his brother. Yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. So all right, so I'm going to go through the rest of this list, and and we you know we don't have to. I'm having trouble with this list right uh, now. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble. Like who the fuck was picking I, these yeah, players? Yeah, I have That's no what I idea. Know. Man. I know so, they spent a lot of time at Boston College, obviously. Uh, 
yeah. Because they got the first, they got the you know first and fourth rounder right. Yeah. But uh, the rest of it, I have no idea. I had never heard of something. Well, again, you're saying they got the first rounder right, but you know, I'm well, playing I mean, the result, Troy, but it didn't work out. Correct. So Rick Graff, okay, yeah. Scott Schwades, yeah, I think he had two touchdowns in his career. That was, uh, you know, Chris Conlin. Lance wait a minute, wait a minute. Chris, Chris is still around. <laughs> Penn State guy. He was got banged up too. I yes. tried to I tried to run through. You tried to run through. Yeah. I tried to run through. Man, y'all don't want to hear about this get banged up stuff. So <laughs> Lance Sellers, Tom Brown, Joel Williams. Now Mark Dennis had a long career wow, in this did. league. I didn't remember did. some of those guys. Right there. Yeah, we're, I'm in the eighth round already. We don't have eighth rounds anymore. But you know, Tim Pigeon, Bobby Taylor, Terrence Pigeon. Mann, wow. and Jim. How do you say that, Juice? It's an Ohio name. Carsados. Carsados. Yeah, Carsados. There you go. Out of Ohio State. So... I should know that one. He did. I, I don't even think he played at Ohio State. Well, he I, sure I, I was an Ohio State here. fan growing up. Yeah. And I don't think I ever heard of this cat right here. Yeah. Well, there and you go. he got go. drafted in the 12th round. In the 12th round. 12 rounds back as a quarterback. Then. Yeah. As a quarterback. That's right. Quarterback. Well, now Dan Marino was on the roster. It's 1987. True. Dan Marino was rewritten the so they're trying So they were trying to replace Danny at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were. <laughs> That's what that was. That's what that move was. So thank God. That that there was a pleasant surprise in, in what you brought to the table, Troy, because the rest of this draft class is pretty damn weak. Yeah, I look at that draft class, and I, I, a couple guys had long careers, pretty long. They, they made some contributions, but none of them could touch me. Right. That's, that's just how it <laughs> was. Like, I, I could brag on this show, right? Like, you, I could show. It was absolutely, I get the, I'm like you, Juice. I get the training camp, and I'm like, do I belong here? Right. I'm looking around, and I'm like, wow, this is the NFL. This is the pros. Do I belong here? And the story goes, when I got to Boston College, I had no idea about what college football was about from high school. I just didn't. I just played football in the park growing up, and then I played in high school, and it just kept going. Then all of a sudden, I'm being recruited. Now, I was a little bit of a hothead when I was in high school. So I played football and basketball. But I kept getting into fights. That's that jersey in them, too. Yep. <laughs> I kept jersey. getting no, into fights in basketball. <laughs> and then finally my coach came to me and he said, Troy, you got to calm down. He's like, you can't get into one more squirmish fight, argument, or anything because scouts are going to stop looking at you. And I was like, scouts? I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? And then like Boston College, they ended up recruiting me and they never saw me play football live. Like right. they saw me playing basketball <laughs> and they kind of recruited me off of basketball. And it just, Crazy. it just kind of went that way. But I get up to Boston college and I'm terrified. And again, like I talked about being the only black guy in New Hampshire for that visit. I get to Boston college and my recruiting class, there's one black guy other than myself. And I go, what did I get myself in? I'm a, I'm a mama's boy growing up. Didn't leave home. Didn't go have sleepovers or anything like that or friends home. I was a mama's boy. And so I'm like, what the heck did I get into? And so my roommate, who happened to be the other black guy, go figure, he's a running back, right? So the only black guy in my, in my freshman class, and we're competing against one another. Right. Right, and I, I, automatically I don't like him because <laughs> right. he's trying to you, you take the like spot the only, I'm trying to you, get. You can't That's like the other setup. black guys. I can't like him. And so he was <laughs> in the, he had to go to a program to get into school. So he had to be there the summertime. Like I came in August. I think he did some semester like in the summer. I don't know what the program was. So when I got there for training camp, he was still in the other program trying to finish up. So he was staying in another, another dorm. So here I am, a mama's boy, away from home, and I have no roommate. I find out my roommate is the only black guy. He's a running back. I have no roommate, so I am, there are no cell phones. Right. I don't have anyone to talk to. <laughs> 
I didn't know anyone that was up there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And, but my mother, she was like, dude. You ain't coming home. That's not like, like my mom. Bro, you you you're not you telling, you're not, you're you're not not telling coming the, home. You're not telling the whole story. I cried like a baby. Oh, I, I'm the same way. As a freshman way. at Penn State when I was away from my mom. Like a baby. My mom said the same thing. Juice, I, I, I don't know where you're going to go. I don't know where you're going to go. But you're not Literally. coming back here. Like first night in prison, cry. Like tears. Yeah. <laughs> tears. Juice, that's how it is. It's I like, cry like a baby missing my mom. Man. Our moms must have taken a class or something because she said the same exact words. She's like, you ain't coming back here. Like, They've been waiting for this moment. Absolutely. They've worked hard for this back. moment. Right. Yeah. That's true. So finally, we had the first practice at Boston College. And, well, before that, I remember my family dropping me off. My mom, my dad, my sister, we drove up to Boston. They dropped me off. And so when it was time for them to leave, I was going to the first meeting. So we had dinner as a team, They're just a freshman class. Oh, man. And my family is driving away, and I wanted to cry so oh, bad. Man. I'm sitting there fighting back tears because I'm like, I can't walk into this room with these guys crying and everything. Oh, but it was so tough. It was so tough. And I didn't, again, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what it was all about. But finally, you know, the comfort zone was the, the football field. So we had practice the next day, and I remember going home. After that practice and the one phone call, I can make a day, whatever. I call yeah, my dad. Like it's like, you sound like you I were doing a like bid. Oh, doing my goodness. Bid. <laughs> it was horrible. And I called my dad and I go, Dad, well, I'm the best one here. I told him that after like one practice. And my dad being the dad that he was, he's like, I know. Yeah, I know you that. Yeah. And fast forward to when I got to the Dolphins, I go out again. I'm like, OK, what I used in college, does it work here in the NFL? Because I didn't know how good the NFL was. And I go to the first practice and I go home. I made that same phone call to my dad again. I said, Dad, I'm the best one here. Yeah. I was talking about running. Now, did you cry the night before? No, no, no. I wasn't crying. I'm over that now. Yeah, you grown man I'm over the crying stuff now. I'm like, let's go get it on. Let's go get it on. The new year means different things to each of us, but one thing that all of us can relate to is filing our taxes. That's why for the past 15 years, I've gone to my guy Rob at ARS and Associates for all of my personal and professional accounting needs, especially during tax season. Rob is professional, he's trustworthy, and if there's something that should be on my tax return, he makes sure it's there and does not get overlooked. In addition to personal accounting, the team at ARS handles corporate work, bookkeeping, payroll, and more. So call ARS and Associates now for a free consultation at 305-653-7350 or visit their website at arsaccounting.com. That's arsaccounting.com. And make sure you mention that the fish tank sent you to get 20% off the cost of preparing your tax return. Start saving now. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that rookie year, Troy. You know, uh, you know, you had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, seven touchdowns, more than four yards of carry. You named AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. What was that experience like personally, man? You, you jump into an offense. That's got, you know, Marino, Duper, Clayton. Crazy. Crazy offense. And you know you have, obviously have the talent to to be in that huddle with these cats. Juice, I grew up a Dolphin fan. Like, I was ready to go to blows. My my roommate in college was Kelvin Martin. He was a huge Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a huge Dolphin fan. And depending on if your team won or lost on Sunday, the rest <laughs> yeah. of your day. I mean, that's that was the impact back then. And we always had conditioning at BC, like, Sunday night after the games went off. The 4 o'clock game went off. We had to go, and it would be freezing outside. And we had to go outside and run and everything. So if the Dolphins lost, it was, like, the worst workout ever. But if they won, you know, I made right. it through. Feeling good. Oh, yeah. But 
we almost came to blows so many times. <laughs> he wrote about the Cowboys, me talking about the Dolphins. And the back end of that story is he got drafted, I believe, four spots ahead of me by the Dallas Cowboys. No kidding. And so I'm watching the draft, and he gets drafted by the Cowboys. And I go, oh, my God. I said, how lucky is Kelvin? I said, he's going to his favorite team, his favorite team. And so I'm sitting there a few picks later, you know, the phone rang. And then all of a sudden I'm going to the Dolphins and my family, we had kind of wrote out on a piece of paper what team we thought was going to draft me. And I had put the Jets. I don't know what my mom or my sister put, but my dad had picked the Dolphins. So my dad was right again on that whole thing. (laughs) And so I got to the Dolphins, and the next thing was, it was just history after that point. Everything just kind of went smoothly. I I remember when they finally finally started seeing that I could play a little bit in practices. All of a sudden, you know, I got an interview with one of the writers, and I kind of put my hands up about this far apart for those that, you know, on radio understand that it is not that far. And I said, that's all I need is that much room. If I got that much room, <laughs> you ain't getting your hands on me. And so some of the veterans was like, oh, really? Like, he, 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 that's all the, the room you need? And I said, that's all the room I need. And I just went out there and started just doing my thing. And then when the veterans started poking fun at me, I said, all right, you're just starting to see something yeah, now. Because yeah. it was Hugh Green that was every oh, day Green. after practice, you know, he just looked at me. <laughs> Hugh Green was like larger than life. Yeah. Because I remember going on a beast. recruiting trip to Pitt and... It was Hugh Green and Marino on that team. The team was stacked, and they were playing against Penn State. And Penn State had Kenny Jackson yep. and those guys, so that was like a great rivalry. I was starting to learn a little bit. You know who won that game, right? I don't. Penn State. Was it Penn State? <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> pretty sure. You pretty sure about that? <laughs> I, I, I'll do the research. All though, right, that's fine. I, I think it won that. I don't know if that's a game that Pitt was up fourteen nothing and ended up losing forty eight fourteen, but I don't it might know. Have been. It's pretty but close. It was a lot of stars. Preach is on it. it we'll get preach stars on. Yeah. That uh, on that field. And what year would have that been? That was '82. I'm gonna say that was 1982. '82 Pitt versus. We got drafted in '87. So right. That was eighty. I had to do an extra year. Oh, my senior year, <laughs> my last year. Wait, you, had a, you had a sixth year. Yeah, I had to petition the NCAA because what happened? First two game, it was game two of the my senior year, and I pulled. I mean, ripped a hamstring. It was like a hole in my hamstring. It was like the second game against Rutgers, and I mean, I was devastated because. Now, at the time, I'm sitting there saying, I'm about to go to the league. I'm good enough to go to the league. And second game of the year, I just, like, tore my hamstring. And I couldn't walk for, like, three months because of the hamstring. And so we petitioned the league, and they offered me another year. And so my backup, the, the, the freshman running back who was my roommate, he took over the spot. <laughs> took over the spot. That guy, sir. Went to the league, got drafted by the Broncos, went to the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting there in college like, I can't believe it. He comes back with his new Trans Am and everything. And I'm sitting there saying, fool, that's my car. <laughs> Trans Am was the car yeah, back right there. It was Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey and the Bandit. Another side story. So I'm at a basketball game at Boston College. Can't remember who they're playing, and I'm I'm sitting there, and and Flutie comes in right before half, and he comes over and he's like Strat. He's like Strat, come come, you gotta come outside, you gotta see what I got because he got drafted by the Generals and Don. Oh, and, that's right, and, and New Jersey Generals, Trump, right? Right. So Ugh. I go outside, <laughs> and he signed for like a million dollars back then. Did he? Yeah. He got a million dollars. They paid some real they were, money in the yeah, in, when they were in USFL. To get those Absolutely, oh, yeah. NFL. He, he, got, wow. he got a boatload of, a money. Lot of money. You know, the number one overall pick in that league was though. First Walker. No. Was it Jim Kelly? No. 
Ah, who was it? Dan Marino. Oh, right. Was he, go. he was the number one up by the LA Express. Right, he did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad he didn't yeah. make that decision. Right. <laughs> I think he <laughs> is too. Aren't, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> so I go outside, and what's sitting outside? Brand new Trans Am. <laughs> and I look at Doug, and I go, Doug. You just signed a million dollar contract. What you doing driving Trans Am? You better go get a Porsche or something like that. <laughs> and about a week later, beep beep comes up. It didn't sound like that. Though. <laughs> <laughs> there he was sitting outside Toyota? with a with a 928. I said, "All right, now you're talking that's a little awesome, bit." Man. So that's what's up. That's how it works. So so Priest, our you know our technician slash runs our board slash producer extraordinaire. In '81, Penn State beat. Pitt 48-14 and 82 would beat them 19-10. Penn State was number two in the country at that point. It was at, <laughs> do you, can you see where that game was? It was at that Pitt? Pitt. That's 48-14 game. And then uh, 83 was a tie, 24-24. Okay. So, yeah, we, Danny, I mean, me would say Danny. Breaking because, news, Juice. <laughs> you had to make sure. We, yeah, but because of that game, Danny didn't like me, man, because the Pitt-Penn State thing did not work out, me and Danny, at the beginning. Really? Nah. He, you know, he wouldn't throw me to rock or anything. I said, Fuck, Danny. <laughs> Don't me to rock, man. Get over it, man. Wide right. open, man. It's, it was a long time ago. So who ago. was the group of receivers when you got there? At Penn State? You had Fryer. No, no, when oh, you got to yeah. the Dolphins. Fryer, Ingram. Oh, yeah. I had Tony Martin. Oh, oh, yeah. Tony. I play with Tony, yeah. see? Freddie Banks. Scott Miller. Scott Miller was my guy. I keep saying that all the time. Though. Yeah, I love that. Scott story. Miller told me to learn every single position on the right. football field. Right. As a wide receiver, as a running back, tight end. You know how it worked out. Right. You know, our offense had no rhyme or reason. So you had to learn, right? You had to learn X, Y, what Z. They call basket you had to learn plays. slot, and you had to learn tight sense. end, and you had to run, learn running back. Yeah, you had to learn them all. So you can line up and say, "I write eighty-four. So depending on what position you're playing, you had to know what tight everything end has to do. It could be one receiver or five receivers, and Same that's play. what you learn in the league is you have to be smart. And it's guys who just try and rely on talent, and that's not the answer. You need to know why. When when I'm running sweep right or whatever, I need to know what my left guard is doing. I need to know what everyone is doing on the football field. And if you do that, if you learn that, it makes your job so much easier. Because I, I can also remember, you know, when you're a rookie, you're doing everything 100 miles an hour. Like, you're exhausted after practice is over. And you learn, and you look at the veterans, and the veterans, they know when to cruise they know when to turn it on and so i would run i would play the slot on third down so i'm inside a duper we'd be on the weak side and so we had i forgot what play it was but duper's supposed to clear out and i'm supposed to run like uh you know a bend underneath him to the sideline and i would beat duper now i'm not even half as fast as duper <laughs> and duper came over to me one day he said look rook he said, the ball is going to the other side of the field. <laughs> Learn the calls. He's like, because you're making me look bad over here. <laughs> He's like, like slow your ass down. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. I'll now, do why that. were you in the slot? I was in the slot because Jim Jensen was the back in the backfield. Wow. So, so Crash we would have would be four in. wides. And Crash was the guy in the backfield. And plus, I couldn't block. Uh, <laughs> couldn't or didn't want to. Both. Right. Combination. <laughs> if you can't do it, you probably yeah, don't right, want right, to do it. Right, right. I, I didn't want to do it. I was a small guy. I didn't want to do it. But you could not play if you were about to get Dan Marino hit. Yeah. Right. Simple as that. So Crash played that spot, move. and they put me into the slot, and everything was good after that. My first touchdown, it was week two. We're playing in Indy, and it's a third down situation, about third down and six or seven. And I'm in the slot on the right side, and I'm I'm guessing – 
the coats are looking and they're looking at our lineup and they're like doing their homework and they're like, okay, we're going to blitz that side. We got a rookie over there because everybody else, they're veterans. They know what they're doing. And they came with the blitz because it amazes me how many guys I played with that could not divide the field in halves and figure out when you had a blitz coming to your side. It drives me crazy to this day when quarterbacks can't see a blitz. I mean, I don't care how exotic a defense you play. To me, if you divide the field in half, if you have four guys and they bring five, uh, you so, can't block one of them. Right. <laughs> That's telling you you need to do something. And so here I am in my second game, third down, six, seven, whatever it was, and they come with that blitz, and I break it off, and Dan's read was to come to me. And he came to me in the flat. I broke my route off, shook the tackle, and I went in for about 35-yard touchdown or whatever the case was. And because he – I did it right on that play. He trusted me from there on out. That was it. And I've I've often thought if I had missed that blitz break off, Mm. I probably was done. How your your career would have changed with Danny, right? (laughs) My whole career would have changed. It would have been over. But from that play right there, he just had all the trust in the world with me. So I was going to ask, and that's an unbelievable story. I was going to ask you about that. First and foremost, you're talking about, and and I guess you playing in the slot uh, already answers some of the question, but you're talking about Dan, Dupe, and Clayton. Right. Those are three guys that weren't really crazy about handing the ball off. You know, we know, right, the whole story, Dan (laughs) wanted to play a full game without any running plays. And and Duper and Clayton, I'm sure we're right there. Yeah, Dan, go ahead. Let's do it. So you come in as a rookie running back. Mm -hmm. You know, at what point did you start to sense that they were okay with you toting the rock a little bit because you were producing? They weren't. (laughs) Even with (laughs) the production. They never got cool with me toting the rock. (laughs) But I would always say once I was able to talk a little bit, like, just throw it to me. I don't care. Right. I don't, you don't have to hand it to me. Just throw it to me. Just want your hands on it. That's it. Just give me the rock. And, And I was a believer. I was never a believer that running backs get stronger as the game go on. Like, we hear that phrase a lot. I just believe that running backs were able to maintain, whereas everybody else's gas tank was slowly but surely going empty. Theirs kind of remained at half or full or whatever the case may be. So I didn't believe the guys got stronger. And me, because I wasn't the biggest guy in the world, I believe maybe once in the pros I carried it 30 times for the Dolphins, and once in college I carried it like 33 times. And I remember going to my coach saying, don't ever give me more than times. <laughs> like, if I can't get it done and 18 carries, four catches, then I ain't getting my job done. Like I, So that was my belief right there. And so when it just came to playing, it was like Dan didn't like that we were running the ball too much. And I heard from the background that behind the scenes that he complained a little bit about that. And I was like, I don't care. Just throw me the rock. I don't, <laughs> you don't have to hand it to me. I'm part of the passing game as well. So it, it just kind of worked out that way. The, the funny thing is, because we had a strike my rookie year also so i was on the picket line oh, that's right 87 i think yeah. we missed four games five games it was just kind of weird coming into the league and then all of a sudden you're not working and you're sitting here watching these guys cross the picket line right. but i can understand those guys wanting the opportunity as well there was no smaller leagues afl you you see it whatever the there guys no other league. The guys across, right guys yeah. are trying to get an opportunity to get into the league and yeah. so you know i can understand why they did that but during that break 
break as a team we would go practice by ourselves over in North Miami and I would run we would run our own practices and Don Strock was the quarterback and he used to drive me crazy because whatever play Dan never changed the play he, he's up there with the veterans duper and Dwight Stevenson's on on the line and all of that and so they get up to line of scrimmage whatever Dan called in the huddle they just ran the play and all of that whatever Strock called in the huddle he never ran that play <laughs> he changed it all the time but it got me thinking and because of that period I really don't know if I would have been ready without that strike because every day I sat there and Strock would change the play. So we go through, you know, I go through like 15, 20 plays in the practice. And he changed every single one of them. So now it's that coaching. I huh? was comfortable. I was comfortable in him changing the plays and running everything. So everything just kind of worked out for me. That's what's up right there, man. You, you talk about a little bit about working in the slot with Duke. You also said a little bit before we started the, the recording about Clayton. Clayton. What they said about you and, <laughs> and hanging out with Clayton. Because Clayton, I mean, he can kick it on the, on the street, yeah. but he also killed yeah. it on the field yeah. every single time he stepped out there as well. Clayton was just a baller. Clayton was one of those yeah, guys he told us. <laughs> that you just play with, that he could do anything. Dupa could do anything also. Dupa wasn't about going across the middle. He wasn't about <laughs> taking hits. He wasn't about diving for the football. And Clayton was just the opposite. Clayton will do anything. He'll run through a wall, catch the football, and, and do his thing. And then I remember Clayton had taken a liking to me. And again, as a, run, a young guy, you sit there and you go, okay, something is happening here. Like people are starting to, you know, catch on that you could play. Because I remember the last preseason game, Clayton came up to me and he was like, yo, Rook, I'm going to pick you up and take you to the game. Oh, shit. Last preseason game. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, myself. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. And I can remember going home, calling my buddies and saying, yo, y'all won't believe this. Like Clayton is going to pick me up and he's gonna take me to the game and everything so i'm sitting there at the apartment i'm living with Bose at the time and i'm waiting for clayton to come pick me up and i'm looking at my watch waiting for clayton looking at my watch <laughs> waiting for clayton and then i finally go i gotta leave i gotta go get my own car so i ran back because i was waiting out in front of the car oh you were outside <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for him. I'm, I'm like waiting for him. so i run back i get my car and i'm pulling out of my spot and here he comes driving in him and and prude is with him oh, right boy and they're just cruising in i'm like yo we're gonna be late and they're like oh don't worry about it don't worry i'm <laughs> what do you mean don't worry about it? I'm a rookie here. I'm trying to make this team and everything. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. And we're cruising down the highway 26 to uh, Miami Lakes. And we get there and we're late. Walk in. Entire team is in the banquet hall having pregame meal. But us three. And we come walking in. Clayton walked in. Pruitt walked in. And there's David Shula. Come here. Calls me over to the side. To you, not them. No, no, no. They just walked in. <laughs> And they just sat down, had their meal, called me to the side. He's like, you know, you're late, right? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I can't sit there and say, well, so I was like, yes. And he was like, so we're going to have to find you. Here's the difference in money. They fined me $50. And I thought that was a lot of money. But they got a $50 fine. $50 fine. Oh, and man. I was pissed off about that. And now I'm nervous because now it's the last game. And I never thought, because I, I believed in myself so much, I never thought that I was going to get cut or anything like that. But at that point, it kind of hit me. It was like, wow, like you, you may not 
make this team or something like that. And I remember we played the Buffalo Bills, and I returned a kickoff for a touchdown in that preseason game, mm. and it was all over after Give me my $50 back. Give me my $50 back. Right. 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 Now, they still took the $50. <laughs> I bet they did. Yeah, they I bet it. they did. Still got you. So but, you but, oh, to answer Juice's question, yeah, some one of the other veterans called me. Well, he pulled my coattail, and he said, listen, I know you hang around Clayton. Clayton is a different animal. <laughs> Clayton could hang out all night, get no sleep, go out there, score two touchdowns, 150 yards, 10 catches, whatever the case may be. He's like, everybody can't do that. He's like, so you need to watch yourself and be careful. He's like, I'm not knocking Clayton. I'm just telling you that like, Clayton is a different animal. That's some sage <laughs> advice said, right there, man. Thanks for telling me that. And we ended up being roommates. <laughs> and you not to rat other, him out. <laughs> you and this other guy. Who was no, it? it was Clayton right. that was oh, my you were roommate. Cl- you were Clayton. Oh, we, we ended up being roommates, and you know we have a game night before the game. Where you going? <laughs> hey, he told us the pregame celebration was nice. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, I'm going out for a little bit, <laughs> and then the fans would call the Dolphins and say, "Hey, we saw Clayton out last night." <laughs> But it, that's just how it was. And yeah. he would come and he would ball. And I don't know if he ever got into trouble for it, but that hey, was just clear. He balled. He balled. He wouldn't have been there if he didn't ball. And that's and the rule no, to this and, day. And no right? social media back then either. Uh, you can you imagine? You can't, you can't prove that I was out. <laughs> oh, that was you can't social prove I was media. On South Beach. Right? I don't even think he was denying it, though. He said no, he was he throwing said, up on the sidelines before that. the game. Said that. Anyway, Still was, running <laughs> by people. It, it, it was it's crazy insane. some of the things that he did on the field, on the basketball court, how he could dunk like crazy. He, he was just a freak. He was a freak. Different kind of guy. So you just mentioned the Bills, and you also just mentioned that you couldn't block and didn't like to block. Yes. And if I look at the era that you played for the Dolphins, 87 oh, and 90. Beast. The Bills had a guy on the other side of the ball. They had a couple guys. They had a couple guys, but they about. had a particular guy who basically reinvented the defensive end position. So what's that like for a guy who doesn't like the Bruce block? Smith? <laughs> oh, yeah. You heard of him, Bruce Smith? I heard of him. Yeah. Well, what's that like looking up and seeing number 78 on the other side, and you can't block, and right. you don't like to block? There are certain things you learn your rookie year as you're going through week by week, and I can remember being in meetings. And when you're a rookie, you just look at yourself on the film. And whether you messed up on play 34 or 45, you knew it was coming. So you're sitting in there, that meeting the whole <laughs> yeah. time, like, oh, my God, here it comes, here it comes. Because they would run that play back like 20, 25 <laughs> times. Too many times. You know, and there were so many times Shula would be sitting up there, and it was a play I may have did something a little wrong, and they would run it like 17 times, 18 <laughs> times, and he, he didn't catch it yet. And I'm like, cool. I'm good. Cool. I'm good. And then they're getting ready to go to the next play. And he goes, hold up, hold up, hold up. Run that back. After 17 <laughs> times. <he's> like, <laughs> and then he calls me out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But I can remember I sat in front of Woody Bennett in meetings. And he pulled my shirt one day watching films. And, and he said, watch Dwight. And I really didn't know who Dwight was for the most part. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was. He's like, watch Dwight. And I started watching Dwight. And I said, you got to be kidding me. This guy will block two, three guys on one particular play. He was absolutely perfect. He did not get beat ever. And it just kind of blew me away. And I I was like, this is incredible. And you learn things along the way. So now here come the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills, they're stacked. Thurman Thomas, uh, Cornelius Bennett, who I played with against against Alabama. We Mm. went down there, Boston College, another side story. (laughs) We're trying to make a name for ourselves, and we're we're going down there with Flutie. We go down to Alabama to play. And I can remember it was either my first or second carry in the game. And Cornelius, he tackled me, and he stood over me like he straddled me. 
And he looked down and he was like, I'm going to be doing this all day long. And, you know, I kind of yeah. smacked his hand out of my face like, dude, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. And it was uh, late in the ball game. I scored the go-ahead touchdown, and we ended up beating Alabama. But I remember running past him late in that game, and I getting a little tap on the ass, and I go, yo. I said, I'm still here, yo. Oh, man. <laughs> and we became kind of cool and tight, and we had those battles throughout the years with the Dolphins. Long story short, though, we get the game plan to try and block Bruce Smith. And who was I can't remember the left <laughs> the tackle. tackle. I want to say... I don't want to call it. Wasn't Delhi or anybody? It was Delhi. I mean, it is what it is. I think it was Delhi. I think it was Delhi. And couldn't block him. So they was like, okay, Troy, what you're going to do is you're going to stay one and one off of the tackle and you're going to chip Bruce Smith every play when it's not a running play in the backfield. I was like, okay, no big deal. And throughout the week in practice, like Dan was kind of affirming. Like, Troy, you got that? (laughs) I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. So the first time it was third and whatever and – as opposed to being in my slot position, flanked out, they had me in tight to help the tackle, just to give him a little nudge. And again, here I am, the little guy, and it's Bruce Smith, right? He's a giant. I'm like, no way I'm hitting this guy up, up top. So snap the ball, and I cut him. And I cut Bruce Smith down. And Bruce Smith was furious. He started cursing me at that point. And he took his helmet off. And like we, it was incomplete. So he's walking to the sideline. He's not talking to any of his teammates, not listening to any coach, because I'm still looking at him like, holy, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Did I just make a mistake right? here? And he has fire in his eyes. And all he does is he goes to the sideline and he stares at me across the field. <laughs> I'm on the bench now. And you're looking at him. <laughs> and I'm still looking at him, but he's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh. And Dan comes off the field. Great job, Troy. <laughs> Great job. Just do that every Keep time. And all. Keep it up, Troy. Right? And I said to myself, well, I ain't doing that shit no more. I said, I'm never cutting that man again. And we came on the field again, and Bruce was still furious. And he had fire in his eyes, and he's looking at me. And you could tell he's just like, yo, dude, you respect my game out here. This is my livelihood. You don't do that to me. You don't cut me down and everything. And I'm just sitting there, and I didn't cut him the rest of the game. Right. I, you know, I don't know what happened. Like, if he got to Dan, whatever the case may be, <laughs> or if I back. was successful, or he just blew by me. But you knew from you that point, doing that shit no more. I said, I'm not cutting him again. And I remember meeting <laughs> Bruce that summer at an award show, which is now like the ESPYs or something like that. And I went up to him and. Kind of like apologize to him. <laughs> I'm right. sorry, dude. We're and I'm never going to do that yeah, again. we're good, bro. Never going to do that again. Can we squash this shit, Bruce? Because yeah. I never did it again. Never. But yeah, that's, that's why they crazy. drafted Richmond Webb. Right. The, that's the right. one the reason Smith. they drafted Richmond Webb. And he did a great job. And that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He was the one that could block Bruce Smith. And then all of a sudden, the Buffalo Bills had to start moving Bruce Smith to the other side, right. moving him around, trying to get him away from, from, from Richmond. Richmond. That's how good he was. That's awesome. That's why Webb should be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Oh, I thought he was there already. He should be. He should be. We'll get back to the episode here in a second, but want to tell you about something that's going on in the Five Reasons Sports Network this week. It is Dwayne Wade's last All-Star game. We're excited about this. In his 16th season, we're making it a Wade weekend. So it wasn't enough to just cover with one person up in Charlotte and send 
my butt up there, but we're also going to have Nikias Duncan. You know him as at Nikias NBA. He's our premier NBA analyst on the network. And also Lefty Leif. That's Greg Sylvander. You can follow him on Twitter too, at Lefty underscore L-E. IF. So the three of us are going to be up there for all of All-Star Weekend from Thursday night through Monday. Here's how you follow us. We're going to do a podcast on the Five Reasons flagship feed and also on Miami Heat Beat. So type Miami Heat Beat into your favorite podcast provider. We're also going to provide some interviews with other NBA analysts, media people, former players, current players, anybody we can find up there in Charlotte. And also check out our Instagram feeds because that's where you can find all of the video that we'll be posting, everything Dwayne does, we will be covering it. So follow us at Five Reason Sports. That's the number five reason sports. And also at MIA Heatbeat. And also the same handles on Twitter. Hello, friends. This is Josh Appel from Smart Your Territory. And I'm Mr. Bill Eleven. And we are officially on the road to WrestleMania. It is point at the WrestleMania sign season, Bill. If, if you need to get to WrestleMania, we can be your Uber drivers on the road to WrestleMania. I mean, what? You ruined it. You, you ruined it. I, I like it. I think we could make some money doing that. WrestleMania season is here. Stick with us here on Smart Your Territory, the Five Reasons Sports Network's pro wrestling podcast. So, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about your rookie year, which is obviously outstanding. You, you beat out a former first-rounder for the Dolphins, Lorenzo Hampton, correct? Yes, yes. So that was that was your, yes. the winning starting job. And Lorenzo was dating the girl that was on Miami Vice at the time. Is that right? Oof. <laughs> so you, you I'm got... like, do I get her too? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a, not a package. That wasn't he was driving huh? a Ferrari nah, back then. Not a package. Like, this is what the big leagues is about. Do some more research. <laughs> no, he wasn't in a Trans Am, huh? <laughs> no, he wasn't in Trans Am. He was <laughs> right. in a Ferrari. Right, yeah. right, right. And you went Rookie of the Year that year. You think you, you are set? I mean, obviously yeah. you're starting at that point, but then two years later, right. The ninth overall pick for the Dolphins is Sammy Smith. Yeah, it was kind of weird how yeah, it happened. I know, I know, I know, I know. We talked about it this. It was kind of weird how it happened. Another running a, back. It was another running back. First and, round running right. back. And you don't pay much attention to the draft when you're on the team until they draft your position. All of a sudden, the Dolphins draft. In the first my, round, especially. In the first round. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? Like, what's going on here, right? So Sammy comes in, and I'm like, okay, let's see what he got. See what he got. And first practice, and I'm not knocking no one. Yes, or maybe you are. Maybe you are. <laughs> first yet. practice, I'm like, why? I'm like, why? Why did they draft him? Like, I don't see anything special. And now, how then, much of that was, and I'm sorry to interrupt the story, but how much of that was like personal in the sense that you're like, yo, this guy's competing with me? Or how much of that was like actual analysis? Like, he just doesn't have it. Something was going on in the NFL at the time. Can't quite remember whether small running backs that they had Joe Morris with the Giants Mm -hmm. if small running backs can actually get it done and everyone was bigger and then Sammy Smith was a bigger running back and so they wanted a bigger running back and I don't know how much of this is true I heard Joe Robbie at the time he was one that was in favor of having a big running back or somebody up above me wanted a big running back so they drafted Sammy Smith and he came in and here's the messed up part so we go through, we're in training camp. And because I had, like you said, pretty good start to my career. And Shula addresses to everyone, everyone in the meeting. And he's sitting there saying, listen, no spots are going to be handed out here. Everyone's going to have to earn their spot. And I feel like, 
He's talking to me. <laughs> like, because we got a first round draft pick running back in here. He's talking to me. He's not talking to anyone else. He didn't else. start it with Hey he's Troy. Direct, no, he should have. <laughs> he, or he could have. And he's sitting there, and no one's going to be handed a spot. Every spot is going to be earned. And Sammy was late. He was a holdout. So he came in. I'm going all throughout training camp. He comes in six, seven days before the first game of the season, was, which was against the New England Patriots up in Foxborough. And so I'm practicing all week long like I'm the starter. I'm the starter. I'm the starter. And Tony Nathan was our running backs coach. Right. Assistant running backs coach. Touchdown Tony. Yeah. Tony was great. Tony taught me a lot. Nat Moore taught me a lot. And so we are on the field. We go through warm-ups and everything. We are on the sideline. They are teeing the ball up, the New England Patriots, to kick it off to us. And Tony comes over to me and he goes, hey, we're going to go with Sammy today. Ooh, man. So all the training camp, all week long, he signed a week before game one, and I get that news at kickoff. At kickoff time. Like, what is that supposed to do to your psyche, like, in – in a game or whatever. He didn't earn anything because I go back to the conversation that Shula had. No spots are going to be handed out here. And listen, first round draft picks are treated totally different than second, third, fourth round draft picks. That's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. And we'll get into that because I got a couple of those stories where you got to be kidding me. Damn first round like, draft oh picks, man. Oh my goodness. They, like, <laughs> like things are kind of laid out for them. But I give them credit. They, they they worked themselves to that point, and they earned that position. I so I, I, I kind of get that. I couldn't get on the field in offense for Man, I was so games, upset. I and, and so Sammy had he had a pretty decent game. I don't know if he broke 100 yards, but he had a pretty decent game. And all they did was run two plays. They ran sweep right, sweep left, and that was it. Yeah, hold on. Because he didn't know anything right. else. <laughs> That's right. So here I am. I, I have to learn everything, when to pick up the blitzer, when to do this, when to do that. All he had to do was go in there and run the football. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And Roy Foster was like our starting left offensive guard, and we were boys. And after the game, he's talking to the media, and he's talking, praising Sammy Smith. <laughs> and I'm sitting there saying, Dude, I thought you was my boy. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, the guy ain't do nothing special. And so I, I just had a little indifference when it comes to how he came to the team and how things were handed to him. And just knowing him and learning him throughout his time with the Dolphins. Number one, I knew he didn't have a passion for football. Number two, I knew he wasn't tough. Number three, he shouldn't have been playing. And he was a drug dealer. And he ended up going to prison over that stuff now are you saying that while he was still playing yes he was and you were like, aware of that no i wasn't aware of it but but it became aware he's from central florida okay. and don't stereotype <laughs> no 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 okay. no what i'm saying is a lot of guys from central florida <laughs> he's from central florida cahokia or something like that pahokie pahokie yeah pahokie and whenever we had any free time he was on the highway back home and he was always driving a different car like you look back after he got busted you look back and you go oh that's why he was always maybe like, just running. homesick man no 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 you say it okay came out he got busted <laughs> yeah i mean he served his time and yeah. i understand he's doing well now but i think it, he got busted just, driving the car too i think he actually. would always change cars but i do remember before mm. all went down i was like 
why is he always driving a different car? I said, oh, because he's a first-round draft pick. He got a lot of money. He got different cars. But it was like, I'm something assuming else it was like yeah. not to be wow. detected. So are you saying you started the Sammy Sucks chant that they caught on with the fence? I nudged somebody. <laughs> I had some friends. <laughs> I had some friends. From the family sex. Hey, yeah. man, that Houston game was. Ooh. Yeah, I was going at he that time, it. but I heard about that. But, yeah, it was, it. it was, there's no way he should have taken my spot. No way. Well, I'm glad you're not still holding the grudge. No, Troy. no, no, I mean, no grudge. <laughs> and it's funny. I haven't seen Sammy since then. Well. You haven't? I have not. Well, you might see him now. Right? <laughs> Is he no, coming man. in? <laughs> Let's hope he's moved into a different business yeah. these days. Yeah, it's a I'm long cool line of now. running backs. He's one of the first of a long line what? of running backs. Well, actually, no, I guess Merck, but that served some serious time. Yeah. 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 You know, with him wow. and then Cecil yeah. Irving. I mean, there are a lot of guys. Was, I'm glad I didn't fall into yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That line right there, because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go do no time or anything like that. Nah, that's. But yeah, he that's was not what you want. It was just one of those he things few. where uh, who's the Nebraska running back? Oh, and Lawrence oh, Lawrence Phillips. Lawrence. Wow, he had a lot of running backs, huh? Yeah. A lot of running yeah. backs that have come through this city that uh, had a tough that yeah. had a tough had a tough time. Yeah, had a real tough time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Troy, we greatly appreciate you oh, coming to blast. spend some time with us. So this is a new thing here, Juice. We, you know, actually. This isn't a new sponsor per se, but both of your former quarterback, Dan Marino, is working with Bombas Socks. Yep. I don't know if you're aware of this, but they, the wool is actually called Merino wool. I've never wool. heard of it. Yeah, Merino wool. It's not spelled the same, but Merino wool. And Dan gave us some socks to give to our guests here in the tank. So on behalf of Dan Marino awesome. and Bombas Socks. Thanks, Dan. Keep it yeah, right. Keep, keep it up, man. Warm and dry hey, what you had to go through I'm Bruce still waiting Smith. for my gloves, though. Yeah. Right. Now, <laughs> hey, what you had to deal with was Bruce Smith, man. That's the least he can do. Well, Dan was probably wondering why he didn't keep doing it, but he, didn't, he wasn't getting that stare on the sideline. That's awesome. Oh, good. Well, really and truly appreciate you being a part of things. Had a blast, man. Hey, thanks for diving in, Troy. You got it. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice, man, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rockin' with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank Don't feel it